Happy Monday, Diary listeners. This is Creating Through Adversity. This is the first part of a two-part diary entry by my good friend, Carol LeBaron. This is her second time with us, and I um, am actually releasing this a whole year later than when she initially recorded this. Um, but I think it's going to be funny because uh, this 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 diary entry, we're cutting up a bit. But uh, after this intro and our intro music, you will you will hear another intro to let you know kind of the vibe of when we were when we officially recorded this. And then you'll get the pleasure of hearing my good friend Carol. So enjoy. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. We haven't even aired Carol's first uh, yet at this stage when we're recording this right now. It won't be relevant to when people see this, but this is this is the second interview it that we're January doing. January 29. And the first one we did was was in 2021, and now we're in 2022. And uh, we're here again with Carol LeBaron. Uh, she's a textile artist, and recently, um, very unfortunately, you lost your mom. And it was exceedingly difficult. And Carol, uh, you know, we have been pushing a little bit your first interview because I wanted it to be a YouTube debut because your art's so beautiful and your setup's so gorgeous and everything about you exudes this this gorgeous palette and feel. It's just, it's all you, man. Like, it's very, very beautiful. You've become like your fine scotches <laughs> like, like they just have that flavor and that attitude and everything so I really wanted the visual impact of that and I thought it would be perfect for a debut on on our show um but now it's kind of a nice excuse for me because I'm video editing and trying to freaking figure it out so it's pushing everything but in that time all this happened and you had a lot of fun. So we wanted to have you back and we wanted to touch base with you about this. And I think it's really informative, you know, informative. I can't, um, both him and I can't comment on this because we, we haven't lost either of our parents yet. So this will be really great for our, our audience to listen to because you're a seasoned professional artist and this would really give them a lot of, you know, insight on that. I mean, it's a personal journey, but we're really, we're really, um, honored that you're, you're willing to talk about it. Well, and I thank you. Well, I'm going bareback without headphones. Oh, so, good. That's fine. You sound fine. No, no. And, and it's like sometimes they just bother my ears. Same. He's got a big head. Really? You know, I've heard many things like that, but uh, <laughs> it's for all, all the brains. brains. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, so, I'm not even done making my coffee here. Oh, man. Are oh, you in- use a French press? We're interrupting oh, the yeah. French press. Nice. Yeah. I, what what kind of it. coffee? Sumatra. 
Nice. Nice. I'm a Sumatra girl all the way. I've, I tr- I keep trying all different things. People are like, oh, try Tanzanian pea berry. You're like, no. Like, if you, you like know, Sumatra, you need a you need a ruddy. You need like something that's like, oh, you know, like I always balls. drink espresso, but I, I think coffee's like wine, man. It's got so many different like varieties. You got to try them all. You know, I want to try that cat poop coffee. As a person who has worked at uh, as a ship super ship, a shift supervisor for Starbucks, I can tell you you're not wrong. My yeah. favorite yeah. is a blend. I like Verona blend is my favorite. It's kind of a um, it's a rich coffee, but it's like a good morning coffee. It's not as it's not as uh dark like it's not like a lager of of coffee it's more of like a a pale ale of coffee a pale ale yeah i want to try that cat poop coffee or that that coffee i haven't heard of cat food coffee no cat cat poop poop. it's like a type of uh animal cat food yeah cat food coffee oh yeah (laughs) no but apparently they eat the beans and and poop them out and it's apparently like a delicacy like and i'm just like okay I wouldn't uh-huh. normally do that, but I would want to try it once just to see what all the hype's about. I'll tell you what, I tried that Black Rifle coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I f- they, they just try to sell the name, I, I guess. It, I don't know. Really? I tried two different varieties. They didn't have it. The thing with the, the um, right now I'm using Volcanica. Have you ever mm-hmm. tried them? Mm-hmm. No. It's an excellent brand. Really? Try okay. Volcanica. Yeah, I, I love it. And um you're but, doing your sponsorships right now. I am. Yeah. You're shouting, <laughs> you're shouting out people, you're not even getting paid. <laughs> you reach out to them totally. <laughs> I know. We're like, hey, I've tried them all, man. <laughs> you're the one. <laughs> they have the best well, they do have the best Sumatra. I feel like it would go with your vibe of like um of, of like extinct species and stuff like that. Like the the kind of like earth congress kind of thing that would be kind of a cool thing for you to explore it's actually not a bad idea you know the the thing with the thing with the sumatra coffee is it's that it does i don't like anything with a fruity taste yeah like Mm. either it's got the i just don't like the fruity but i do like cinnamon yeah but i don't like flavored coffees flavored coffees are just annoying to me well it's more the flavor than the coffee it was kind of like Jason and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to dig on you, Jason, Jason Stapleton just, uh, just posted his, his coffee martini. And I was like, the fuck is this shit? I was like, that is not a martini. <laughs> a martini is maca. I don't even drink, but if I did, I wouldn't put coffee in the martini. I know. I'd be like, dude. Don't drink your, your uh, drink. But it's like, these yeah. Your energy drink. Yeah, I can have it. Yeah, I drank pre-workout. Yeah, sweet. He's, he's, I'm thirsty. I'm like, yeah, you're drinking coffee. She's got that. I'm just like, damn it. He's like, I just oh, drank espresso, <laughs> so like my mouth is just like dry. Go get shit. it real quick. We're, we're, we better go get your coffee. I I was late because I was making mine. I mean, we're making we're introductions. Coffee, but yeah. yeah, I was like, dude. That's way too opaque for my goddamn martini, man. Like, I gotta have just. I want vodka. I want. I want something to remind me that I am making bad choices that night. <laughs> like, like I want it to taste of like this is gonna be your your evening kind of thing. And the only thing that clouds it slightly is just an intermittent bite of of olive. And that's it. <laughs> and then you get that. Slow... I used to like. I was a. I was a scotch drinker. Oh, okay. So 
you you fall high my friend because you can't eat, you can't drink bad scotch it's awful right no bad no scotch. I, yeah good scotch is in cheap you don't know and but i see i was all about the whatever that's partly why it was hard for me to get sober because it's just like this whole culture. persona well know? it's oh, a culture yeah. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, and you have people that are very much about it. And so, also, hey, what is a Scotch? Just a Scottish whiskey? I think it's how they it's actually prepare well, it. The best Scotch is single malt. Yeah. Yeah. It all has to do with the way they prepare it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I believe it originally it originated in Scotland. I'm not an expert on the history. And now that I am, you know, that's no longer a part of my life, except for that I do believe in every single part of our past becomes part of us to who we, who we are now. Mm-hmm. So I, I can look at the, my past of you know, how I identified with different kinds of booze. I mean, there was a time when the day was defined by what kind of a, like, what kind of a booze is today? Is today a Kaluan sombrero day? Is today a Scotch day? Yeah. Is it? Is it a? Um, what was the one we used to drink with ginger ale? Uh, oh, sounds good. I like ginger ale. Oh, vodka. Wait, wait, like a Moscow no, no, mule. There was something we. Uh, I've got to. I've got to ask Danny. Hang on. Yeah, got to. I'm. I'm it's like curious. a Moscow mule. But no, I um. I hear her though because I think that that's part of the problem with being kind of an addict on a lot of is that we're foodies we love we love intensity like we love like rich flavors and to be romanced by them and and those guys it's kind of like you and me with food like i'm a food addict for sure so like i eat because i'm hungry well you you eat to supply this mass and your ability to lift weights I if have, i'm I hungry no, enough i will literally eat like steak straight raw well i know but i don't have any functional reason to to eat like I do I just like to eat and I like I like flavors and I'm just like Carol like I, I'm like what is that what do I feel like right now I feel like having this well I I mean I eat because I'm hungry like it's not like a yeah. functional I mean I guess it is functional it, it is because when I like suggest I to things myself, to you like you're like, like no oh. no you're not starving you, you're you're not hungry like you say you are you always are like no I don't want to eat it. I don't want that like you are because specific. it doesn't I have enough just, meat. You're getting into this conversation. Calverts <laughs> and ginger. What is it? Calverts and ginger. Calverts. Okay. Calverts Which I don't even ginger. know what Calverts is. I don't either. I'm gonna look times, it up. There were times when that was what we had, man. Was it was a Calverts and ginger? Was the hey? Thing. You want to know something funny? Like my uh, dad uh, the other day when we were at the farm, we were talking to Tom, and my dad was like, because me and Tom were talking about moonshine stuff like that. My dad was like. In his heavy Italian accent, he's like, you know, I never got the drunk in my life. And I was like, you know why? Because you're a square, dad. L7 weenie. <laughs> Meanwhile, his dad does smoke quite a bit. Oh, I was he like, smokes the crap out like, of Stogie cigarettes. What kind of, what kind of card are you playing with that? Like, <laughs> what's the point of pride that yeah. you are playing with that, that declaration? Like, you know, you've just traded one addiction or one thing for the other like it, it as if that like i mean yeah like in uh in italy like we all back have in the day like my dad started smoking because he used to race motorcycles in italy and he got in a bad accident and ended up you know landing him in the hospital got broke his leg etc well in italy they would bring you yeah well part naples naples italy but um 
they would bring you uh, cigarette cartons of cigarettes instead of flowers. <laughs> so oh, that's, that's how he started. What did he write? Oh, I have no idea. That's a conversation for you and him. <laughs> like he, no, he tells no, me about, we get I don't Danny know, on here, so he'll want to know because he's yeah he'll he'll be yeah. oh yeah interested in that. Yep. Yeah. But he used to race them and, and everything like uh, he's gotten scalped in a motorcycle accident. Like he, he's gone down oh, multiple times. Wow. Yeah. And like the, the bone, uh, I guess, what's the, the main one? That's where your quad is your femur. Um, that's got like, it's yeah. metal in his yeah. leg. Cause I don't the, know bone, what you're the bone in your leg. Yeah. Oh, your femur. Yeah. Yeah. yeah your femur. Well, my dad's it's got a metal part? bone. Yeah. Wow. I've got metal pins in my back, but that's nothing. Yeah. My mom's got like, she had scoliosis and they fixed it. She's got a bionic. But yeah, she's like, yeah, she lifts weight and she's always lifted weights and and worked out and she still does. And she feels even better. That's probably why she responded so well to the surgery. Mm -hmm. They told me, you know, when my back was, when my, um, when I, when the garage wall fell on me, uh, which mm. wasn't why I had the surgery, by the way. But um, <clears throat> although they don't know, it could have been. It could have been from the motor act, motorcycle accident, too, or multiple skills. But um, anyway, they said that the weightlifting was what saved me and what my back and all of that was because mm-hmm. those, whatever those two long muscles are that go up and down your spine. Mm-hmm. Were, your spinal erectors? Yeah, those. Mm-hmm. He, knows, he knows all that jazz. Yeah, he, you guys are... You guys are workout fitness. I'm right? I'm getting back into it. I, I was proud of myself. I got on the treadmill this morning, walked <laughs> uphill. Um, I'm I'm getting there. I, I, I wouldn't even say workout fitness with me. I, I I lift weights like you know. I just um. He likes being diesel strong. Like well, I, I I like you know just lifting weights and you know like I don't have a strict diet or anything like that. Like I was blessed with good genes. So like I, now I don't eat trash. Like I've never been addicted to candy or stuff like that. Like it just mm-hmm. so happens to be my favorite foods I like to eat are like mostly meats, steak, chicken, fish, yeah, you know, like I'd rather eat apples. Yeah. Yep. But I miss so. weightlifting and I, it's, um, it's something that I always did up until I moved down here because every place, well, actually, no, I take that back. Cause when I taught at Georgia state, I had access to a gym there. Anytime it's easy for me to get to a gym, I do it. You know, when I have active, I am now a lot of my workout is just, you know, working around the house and doing that kind of stuff. And in this, this past month, it was, it was really something because with, we had to move all the stuff out of mom's apartment we had 30 days for that and i was averaging seventeen thousand steps a day it was crazy jesus damn i'm so sorry to hear about that that's why we're we're meeting actually you've been um you said that you wanted to comment on on creating through adversity and, yes um yes, yes. yeah I'm, i mean this is the perfect day for it because i really just started feeling better within the, I, I can't pinpoint it but like people even were remarking, I, I go to a, a women's meeting, a women's AA meeting on, on Tuesday nights. And um, a, another woman that goes to that meeting with me said, she said, you just were staring into space. You just weren't yourself at all. You know, you just weren't. So you're, you're seeing me closer to my old, my, my old self. You know, it's like right after it, 
because it was so unexpected. So quick. Yeah, it was, it was, but it was, it's, it's interesting because the last thing that I thought that I would want to do when this happened was share about it to the world on, on a podcast. But at, at the same time, I, there's a message. I have a message about this. Just, just about, oh gosh. How, how do I say it without signing? So in the grandiose manner, one, one might say I have a message about spirituality, death and dying in life, right? And I'm gonna scratch my nose. You're totally gonna, you're totally gonna edit that out. <laughs> That's fine. I can, I can I edit your nose scratch. <laughs> I don't care. Like I, for me, it's for all to refine, baby. Like you know, you hang know out with your wang out here. Like I might cry. <laughs> I might cry. So I think. Well, I if you're doing. If you're doing the uh, video edit, you can just write for the for the nose scratch. Just put like a picture of a kitten. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll just put it. I'll put one of Tom's like cats up and be like, Tom, can I use your cat? Like every time I have to like you know, visually block something, just kitty photo. <laughs> kind of, did, I did it on my sleep. I mean, you know, I mean, I just you know, but my anyway. But you work just, out in like nowhere in in a place where you only hang out with Danny for the most part. <laughs> it's not like you're like going to be walking around touching other things <laughs> other no, than what you do kinda, I don't want the whole world to see me do that <laughs> anyway I mean I guess I you don't pick it. your nose and eat I'll, it I'll pick my nose <laughs> in traffic and just look at people while I'm picking my nose like, <laughs> oh, is, wow that's tattered wow handkerchief it's pretty Rico so won't let me wear things like that out because Why? he's like it's it's a signal it's a signal to the well we're we're crooks. in um you know maryland and near baltimore and uh there are certain fellows that use certain colors and you to signify yeah oh right and, i didn't even yeah. think about that yeah yeah, yeah. that's a, a bad idea <laughs> uh, he was adamant he's like you're not to leave this house no. with either a blue or a red bandana yeah no and no no like, you're right you're, he's right he's right but yeah down here it's it's a non-issue besides the fact that you know i'm out in the country i mean very far i can't wait for you to, yeah. to come visit i know me. i want to come you should go and visit where is in, it um stony creek tennessee mm-hmm. nice the one of one of god's countries right now that's like blessed and sane we well, need to get totally, out into the wilderness. It's totally, it's totally blessed and sane. Yeah. I I'm gonna I'm I'm actually gonna I would love to live in a place that's like super country. Like the only thing, like the best part about the town is the grocery store. Um, I, will, are I will say that I've heard from Matt Walsh that people freak the F out when it comes to snow. Like he's like it's like well, in small you, towns. No, it's just that they're not used to it here. The infrastructure so, is not built for it. In Tennessee? Yeah. In, oh, well, it is kind of south. Yeah. You have to you have to be willing. Like right now, there's about four inches of snow. Mm-hmm. And we just know that we're snowed in. So I'm going to. <laughs> four inches of snow snowed in. <laughs> I'm going to share my screen. Can I? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Let me, um, let let me, me share uh, it. I think I have to. Because I'm going to give you a picture. You can edit it into uh, your podcast. Hold up. Participants. Uh, 
You have to say multiple. Wait. Yes. Um, hold up, hold up, hold up. Remove participants, suspend participants, share screen. Yes, there we go. Uh, it was on my end. I had to like give you permission. Okay. So oh, wow. Here, this is what it looks like right now. Isn't that beautiful? If I stand, if I stand, and it looks just like this, I wanted to find a winter picture. So Aww. if I if I stand out on my front yeah on my front porch and I look out it looks that's just like gorgeous yeah. nice that's gorgeous okay that's awesome so I wanted to give you a flavor for yes. for for what it's like here so you that would I mean now in. now yeah. that would snow us in technically because that means kids aren't going to school now because that they 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 get a whisper of snow and it's just shut mm -hmm. down. Oh man, yeah. Like I grew up in Virginia Beach during hurricane time. Like we went, we went to school unless it was like some yeah. really dangerous stuff. Yeah, I grew but, up in New England. We went to school when there were two feet of snow. I mean, yeah. the snow yeah. up the roads. Here they don't. So it's like, and we we have a, a little a little Mazda. Um, uh, it's not Mazda. Uh, it's, no, it's um, I know it's kind of like a Jeep, but a Suzuki. It's a little oh, Suzuki. Cool um it's got four-wheel drive and danny put the chains on it because we can't I've, I've got a two-wheel drive pickup truck for putting the motorcycles in the back of which it was never meant for um driving in the winter because back when we bought that truck i thought i was going to be doing great my job was going to turn into a full-time job i just moved you know I, th things were going to i was going to be fine i was going to be set we were just going to travel back and forth we we're going to have a different truck for the winter <laughs> it's still happening <laughs> it's still happening it's just taking longer <laughs> now, yeah now there's there's almost two hundred thousand miles on that truck and she's still going strong stan is a mechanic and he's an awesome mechanic so he's he can fix anything um but it won't go up the driveway you gotta waste the back park down at the shop no you can't even get up waiting in the really waiting. oh no it's two-wheel drive eight-foot bed Whoa. so it will not go up our driveway yeah, it was funny when we were moving mom's stuff, you know, and I had that truck up in New England and it, there was some snow. It was scary the whole time. And I'm going to circle back to that in a second. But my my nephew was driving my truck. We we brought some of mom's dining room furniture. My daughter, Emily, took it. Um, it was the stuff mom got at her wedding and she's getting married this year. So Aww, that's uh, awesome. She, yeah, so she took it. So we were going to her house to so Stephen could see her little house. She lives in a little hobbit house. It's amazing. Um, that's awesome. But, yeah, so, you know, she climbs right up the driveway in her little four-wheel four drive Toyota pickup truck. <laughs> and I'm behind in, in my truck with Stephen. And I'm like, Stephen, he goes, oh, I can go up that. I'm like, I can't. Yeah. he made it about a foot you know and then he started going like this <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't happen yeah so he backed into the other driveway and we walked up but yeah so we so we'd park the truck at the bottom if we have to go to the store we use the suzuki to go down the hill with the chains on it put the groceries in the back drive up to the top so chains are very effective is it a like an old suzuki yeah it's an 85 is it a like, samurai Yes, yes, yes. Suzuki yes. Samurai. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. That's Little a really cool looking. Samurai. Yeah, when you come down here, you can you we'll take we'll all four of us take a ride up the hills in the hills with I. That's, yeah. that's awesome. That thing's older than I am. <laughs> it is well, not how me. Old how old are I'm, you? I'm 35. I was born in '86. Oh, I'm you're younger than you're younger than my youngest child. <laughs> I know he's my. Baby. I was born Cinco de Mayo of '86. <laughs> Don't 
Doesn't he look like a muscle, muscle bound bearded baby though? Like no. he, he does. He does to me. Actually, I you look it. like a, a very handsome, very well fit, well set out is the word we used to say in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yes. You haven't seen him dance though. Definitely, I would characterize if it's not too forward as alpha. Yes. My man is a total alpha male. Like I believe strong women need alpha males. And, and I am not ashamed to have a man that now and then he just needs to take me apart sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's just, oh. you know, yeah. I need that. No, he does it to me too. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, sexually and every, I mean, we've oh, yeah. been together <laughs> 40 years, to. 67 years old and I love him more and we still have awesome sex. You know I mean? Granted, you know, it's, there's more work in it when you're older, but still, you know, oh, girl, I got a bad <laughs> knee. He's got to account for a lot hey, of shit already. <laughs> you're, you're, you're exactly my dad's age. That's awesome. Yeah. Right on. Yep. Yeah. I was born in 1954. Oh, wait, no. My dad's actually, no, my dad's older. My dad was born in 52. Oh, that's when Danny was born in 52. Nice. Ah. My grandfather, he's he's gone. He passed away at 94. He was born in 1917. Wow. My father was born in 1923. And then my mother, who now we'll talk about since we circled back to her so gracefully, um, was born in 1932. And actually, mm -hmm. and I think you've seen the obit her obituary, right? Yeah. So you know what kind of a person she was. She, she was, I mean, she was unbelievable. And, and I got a lot from her and, and from my father. She, she never understood about the art. It, it, it was, it's so interesting. And, and my father's sculpture, which actually these sculptures behind me, those oh. are two of my father's works. I took uh, a screenshot of it while you were running uh, to yeah. ask Danny the question. Yeah, th this was actually an ebony They're piece. They're gorgeous. Yeah. Oh my God, that's gorgeous. Yes. Wow. That's so beautiful. It was amazing. He did, we have, he did like, he made like 200 of my appointment. Those are casted then. No, no, no. They're hand carved. Oh, they're wood. hand carved. Holy okay. Shit. I was gonna say, wow. Those two are ebony. Wow. Um, that's a, a wood. Yeah. The that's, wood's naturally that color. Yeah, that's ebony. Wow. And then another type of wood. This is a different one. Isn't that gorgeous? Hey. Wow. The wood is like this. beautiful. What what kind of wood is that? I'm not sure. I can't remember. It's some type of heartwood. Oh, um, cool. I, I have it written down on his, but yeah, I have quite a few of his sculptures. Um, That's awesome. Another time. Yeah. So and those two came came with me from. Um, there were ones that you know back oh, ten years ago. We all like put our names on a lot of them, but I just didn't have a way to bring them down. And Mom always thought she was going to have a sculpture show at Newbury Court. So all the ones that I had my name on. Um, were there. So I came home with several, several sculptures and I've given a few away. Um, that's actually why I have a different background is because there's a, there's a place called Red Legacy uh -huh. in our hometown where um, it's a place where women that are just getting out of jail or just getting sober 
Um, they, they, they can come and there's classes. We teach them how to live, how to cook, do their finances, like all different ways for them to reenter society. And she's building like this whole thing. I'm going to do an interactive quilt with her, some type of artwork. And so we can do a whole wall art, but we donated, (coughs) we donated a pretty good size sculpture to them um, for their space. And um, I donated that piece that was behind me before to them. Because it was it was one of my first pieces that I had that I had done. It was you know it was an older piece first of all, but it's really quintessential to my brand. A lot of people will see it, and it's called the last plant. And it's about new growth, which I thought was a good symbolism for those ladies. And it really wasn't right for behind me because it ended. So the window was underneath it. So the light from the window came through. And I'm, uh, this one here, it may or may not be temporary. I, I'm kind of liking it. I do but like I, it. I don't know. Most of my work is still in um, is still in storage at the museum out in out in Clarksville. I need where where my commission's going, and I I'm <clears throat> supposed to have already gotten it and delivered that commission. And after mom died, my whole my whole month of January. So these are all, again, I'm a circler. So I keep circling back to this subject because it's, it's turning out to be a little harder to talk about than I thought of. So all these little things. Um, but do you imagine that it was your mother's timeline that made it hard for her to accept the art? Because she she lived through such adversity. I mean, your dad did too, but. Um, she actually didn't really. Well, I don't know that she lived through adversity other than the times she was yeah. in. Yeah you know, that she, how she grew up and all the, you know, the things that the, her whole story about getting married. I mean, she got married, she went to Mount Holyoke and she was right out of Mount Holyoke. She, she got married like that June, they had to, they had to cancel their honeymoon in Bermuda. And they went to this little motel in New Hampshire because he had to, he was deployed to Germany right after. So I have a picture of her, you know, getting on the cruise ship to go over there in the fall. She was alone for the summer after having just been married. And, you know, back then dressed up in this really fancy suit with a corsage and the suitcase next to her. That's how you dressed for travel yeah. in 1953, yeah. you know, and it's, and, and, and so she had the, the cruise ship over, but she was, I think she was sick for a lot of it. And of course, then they, and they had a good, in Germany, they actually had a really nice time in Germany. Wow. You know, she, she, she got, you know, it was after the war, he was the dentist on the base you know, wow. it was in the 50s, so it was that reconstruction period post-World War II and Jet Bromerhaven's United yeah. States had a base there. So she got so she got pregnant. Well, I was born in 54 and they were married in 53. So if you subtract nine months, she got obviously she got pregnant February or March. So they had like six months of being together before she got pregnant with me. Wow. And then she would she was pregnant in Germany. And um, she actually she almost died. They, and the only reason that she didn't was because they made friends with this doctor there. And there's, there was some drug that stops bleeding. And back then, a lot of these, these things were, were new. And um, I can't remember that, you know, she's, she's told the story so many times and Emily might remember it better than I, but something about how he, she was bleeding out and he realized something was wrong and he threw everybody out and he administered this drug and saved her life. It was like this dramatic wow. thing. So, 
but yeah, so I could be born something. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I'd say that that's adversity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing is, is she then she had me, and then my sister right after that. And back then, you didn't work and have kids. And she always wanted to be a teacher. She had her teaching career set. She wanted to be an elementary school teacher. She wanted to work, and but you couldn't do both. So she did volunteer work. All my life, that's all I can remember. Like she did the League of Women's Voters. I remember all these wow. maps with little pins in them. And then she ran the Sunday school at the Unitarian Church. And then she she um, went back to back to back to school and got her master's degree in um, special education. And she um, started teaching at the junior high school. And she back then they didn't even have they all, they, they they had a special class for anyone that wasn't what they considered normal. So you're either normal or in the special class. So everybody was dumped in there from whether it was Down syndrome or something with ADHD, didn't matter. That was a high time too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she she changed that oh, herself. Wow. Oh yeah, she wow, made, that's great. She was, she was amazing. She was a just a force of nature. You know anything you anything you read about her. So and she had a really happy life, and I had a really happy childhood. They were, they celebrated their, my father died um, the year that they celebrated their 60th anniversary up at Squam. They celebrated their wow. 60th and then um, he died in June and then he died in August that same year, 2013 wow. was their 60th. Wow. And she met my father when she was only seven years old. Wow. So she, yeah. So she, and she had had a crush on him, like all the, all her life, all the way through high school Aww. and then married him so he was like with her and her best friend for, for all of that time and one huge thing that I've realized I've been processing this past month um is her grief from my father being you know how much of a part of her he was yeah. all that you know that and you can't comprehend that but I mean I've been with Danny 40 years and I, you know, I with my first husband, the father of my children, it was 12 years. I was with him for 12. And then I, I left him for Dan. Um, was I didn't do it in a very nice way. Um, but I've, I've made amends with that since then. So I, but I say that to say that I understand about the long term. And you guys have some time together, don't you? How, long, how much time? It's you three years have? now. It's a drop in the bucket of what you've experienced. But uh we're, so we're, five on the pond. we're in it till death. Like at this point, five it's not years, beneficial. Five years is a danger zone. Mm-hmm. So start taking care of each other now. Oh, it's. Uh, so think of your five years. Think you're going to get through the five-year hurdle. Usually. So for me, three years is about when I start asking myself, can I do this forever? Mm-hmm. And the answer is typically like, regrets and a lot of things I would change and think there isn't any of that with him like there's this kind of beautiful acceptance of the person that he is and that that's okay and it's enough Mm -hmm. and so that's that's how I know it's golden Mm -hmm. and accept the bad time yeah no no they already have we've we've like you said in the beginning like first of all you can't you can't declare yourself an alpha you can only allow other people to observe that that's how you know you're a real alpha yes yes absolutely (laughs) one and so 
but that's exactly what you said. Like that they've already happened. Like we've already gone through those things that would have cut off any other relationship, I think. And we've muscled through them to the points that I think that are really important because you have to have really solid communication and you have to be kind to each other within each other's communicative style. And our kindness looks really weird to people because we'll like literally be inches from each other's faces. Like, <sighs> but I think Danny and I are bickering. They'll be, there's so well, we many, are, but it's our thing. so many people that can't stand to be around the two of us because they say they're, weird. they're like, no, this is who we are. Like, Oh, okay. Have you been with your partner for 40 years? You know, when you have, maybe then you have, yeah. a, you, know, you have a horse in this race to say something about what we're doing. Yeah. But yeah. That going on. It's working. Well, but just, no, you know, know this, Amy Nichols. I will know that, that I choose to call my higher, higher power God. So I'm just going to say, you know, God doesn't give us anything that, that we can't handle, or that He doesn't, you know, that we don't have the strength for. Harder yep. time, times come, and oh, you yes. each one builds the strength for the one before it. This thing with my mother, I mean, my, my father's death was hard. But for some reason, this one was harder. And I don't know that that we would have been able to do what we needed to do 10 years ago, even yeah. though we would have already been together 30 years. Right. You know? it, so it, it, it's, it, you just don't know. You have to be open and know hard times are going to come and that you have the tools. Yeah. And so what, what happened with this was, Mom went to my sister Barbara's for Christmas and we all knew she was so excited to go and she was nervous to go. And, you know, I was lucky because Emily and I went to see her in November. Right. And, you know, we actually stayed two nights and we talked about the wedding and um, I will, I'm going to get. Yay. Carol. Yeah. When she comes out, I got to pee real quick. I'm going to, I'm going to like pause. I'll clip this, but like, I got to pee real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> I might not clip it. <laughs> Just me alone by myself here in the silence. I always look in the backgrounds and I'm just like, is, are things going to move by themselves? Is there a ghost? Do, 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 do. Yay. <clears throat> All right. All right. Nice. The main host is back. I'm not even, I'm not even risking missing anything. This is awesome. That's my love of Joe Rogan has informed my podcast style, which is everything goes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love your podcast style. I know. Right. It's like, whatever, man. People got to pee. I love how people, like all these people are trying to attack Joe Rogan, right? And I'm just like, I will put $1,000 <laughs> cash down right now. It says none of y'all have the balls to go say any of this shit to Joe Rogan's face. <laughs> like, straight up. <laughs> all right. Here's a picture of my mother and father. Oh, man. How beautiful. She's a gorgeous lady. Both oh, of them are good looking. 
Oh yeah. They're cute. That was a gorgeous dress too. Like, I don't know what happened in the eighties, but everybody like got real poofy. Like cocaine. Like that's, that. that's what happened to the eighties. That's the way a wedding. I am not allowed to say anything about Emily's dress. I actually almost accidentally showed it to Chris and oh my God, I almost lost my job as the mother of the bride. Thank God he didn't see anything. I was just like, so we're not even going to discuss it. Nope. <laughs> you know, it'd be cool if somebody what? had a wedding where everybody's garments were camouflage. Like that a straight up be. duck dynasty <laughs> wedding. It could be ours. I bet you if you Google camouflage wedding, you'd find it. Here's you a picture would. of mom and her mother. Oh my God. And move our little screen so I can see. Oh, how beautiful. Yeah. So I wanted you to see those. Um, so Emily um, had has plans on recreating some of the old photos in my mother's wedding album. And so we were talking to her about a lot of that. And so we got to we got to talk a lot about mom's history. Um, mom told, you know, Emily, all the stories about meeting dad and her marriage and her wedding. And we, she and Emily got to go through her wedding album together and talk about it. And she, remember, you know, told her who all the bridesmaids were. She was able to, you know, she was sharp wow. right until the end. I mean, she had, you know, she was, she what never, she never lost any faculties or anything. And she was just, um, and 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 so, for example, the cake cutting, you know, there was a, there's this image of the cake cutting and they're going to make a cake table that, that looks like hers. And so and mom, you know, she kept saying I she just she really wanted to have her health. I I think she she may have known then um, yeah. that, that she wasn't. Um, but she just kept saying, well, I'm just going to keep walking. You know, I, you know, if I can get there, you know, we had a cabin for her, the, the wedding's up in a church camp in Freiburg and I mean, there's all cabins. It's beautiful. And, you know, so we had a space for mom and my sister was going to stay with her. Like it was all set. So we, the, it was just a, we had two nights with her, had dinner with her twice, the whole day with her. Um, so we stayed, came the evening before, spent two nights in, in the, in, in a little apartment in Newbury court, which was the, the, um, place where she lived. It's like one of those places where you pay a fee and you have a apartment. She had oh, a cool. living room, uh, office space, a great big bedroom and two bathrooms. It was a nice Thanks. apartment and she, you know, and kitchen and she was able to make, then you had dinner, you know, you had a group dinner, yeah. you, but you, you can have as many, the, dinners in the dining room as you wanted to but it can't, comes with one and they you know they would check in on you to see you know like they have motion detectors and all that kind of stuff so it was that sort of place very very nice she was very very happy there she had already as she does built a community that throughout covid see that's the thing is her whole time there was through covid too so she you know they, they, they she had to learn zoom like just she didn't get to have you know be with people the way she right. she but still, I think it was better than being in her the big house in Sudbury, which we got her out of yeah. um, at the end of twenty in twenty nineteen. So, you know, we had those two days with her, and I, I remember saying goodbye to her. And every time I would say goodbye to my mother, and I used to see her like twice a year. I'd go up north, as you know. Um, I actually <clears throat> saw her more this past year than I ever have because I'd gone up three times. But it's always this fear that I'm never going to see her again. 
And it, I won't say it any premise. It wasn't, it wasn't any different than any other time of having that fear. Um, but I can just remember standing in the hall and just hugging her, just, you know, you just never know if it's gonna be the last time. I actually woke up this morning realizing that that had been the last, you know, it's like these, these little things come. Yeah. Um, so that was my last experience with her. And so she, she, she was talking, she went to Christmas at Barbara's and Barbara lives in a very nice, very nice house. Her, her husband was a contractor and he built it, their whole house with his own hands. It's beautiful. Wow, it's, that's out in, cool. it's out in Dover Plains, New York. And it's, you know, on a dirt road and it's country, you know, like we all love. It's just beautiful. And really um, that, that's where I've stayed for the last month after mom died was, was actually in the room where mom, that mom passed in. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, so, well, so she came, Barbara brought her out and um, they had a beautiful Christmas together. Barbara plays the piano and she plays the piano for the church service on zoom. So she got to, mom got to be part of the Christmas Eve service with Barbara playing the piano and singing Aww. the song she loved she always was in the choir when I was young we were in the choir together um and then they had a really nice Christmas dinner and you know prime rib and all that and and then the day the, the day after Christmas so Christmas was Saturday I think and the day after was Sunday I think that's right because I think I think that's right um it doesn't but I, it was the day after Christmas and they did a bunch of errands and um went to CVS and, you know just and then came home, had a nice dinner again. And, she, she, and um, they were planning on taking her home, not the next day, but the day after that. They had one more day together and then she was going to go home the next day. And so they all went to bed. And, and uh, mom had said she had a slight headache. So Barbara gave her some Advil and then they all went to bed. And then the next thing, um, mom was calling her and saying, I need you. And, and, uh, she had she had a very bad headache and and things you know think things i'll just say that that she had i i'm not going to describe graphically what happens during the stroke but she had a, she had a massive brain hemorrhage is what she had and wow. it happened very fast and and so you know as it happened it it, it immediately becomes odd. like there are signs that happen as soon as the first sign of stroke came of course they called 911 um but by the time the EMTs got there, she already was not responsive. That, yeah. That's why I say that she passed there because her, her she was gone. And it's frankly, it's easier for me because so that was about 11 o'clock at night, Barbara called me, but of course I had my phone turned off right. and uh, which I don't always turn it off at night, but I, I hadn't been sleeping well. And, and so I, I had it turned off and, and um, so I didn't get all the phone calls, which probably in retrospect was a good thing. Yeah. Uh, four o'clock in the morning, Danny's Danny's at my door and he's like, no, calm down. But you got to get up. He said, your mother's had a stroke. Um, you got to call Barbara right now. Oh She's at the hospital. So I called Barbara and she was at the hospital and she, she was, you know, she was, had to tell me she's terminal. We need you to come. So we went through the whole thing, of course. Now you remember there was it was COVID, but that 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 whole thing, the Omicron had just broken, and there was this. Yeah. There was the day after all those. Remember all those flight cancellations? 
Mm-hmm. So my first instinct at four in the morning was I got to pack. My truck's name is Rosie. I, I got to pack Rosie and just it. and just drive. And and everybody's like, and that's what I was going to do. I was already packing. Dana's like, sit down, have your coffee. Right. Yeah. Right. right. He's like, you know. <laughs> and uh, then every, you know, then you know how when your family decides for you what needs to happen. So they're all deciding that, that I need to take a flight, even though I knew, like, I'm, I'm saying, there's no way I'm getting in a plane because right. I do not want to be sitting in an airport because there's 8 million canceled flights. You know, I went, I looked for flights and I, I saw two. And then when I went back to click on and they were gone, I'm like, okay, no way. Yeah. These are all the people that couldn't get their flight yesterday and the airports are putting them on these flights. There's no way I'm going and putting myself, I've been through that once. I'm never doing it again. Yeah. Plus with COVID and everything else, I don't want to put myself at risk like that. Yeah. They're not going to let me in the hospital if I'm public transportation. Like all these things are yeah. going through. Well, so they went through, well, we're going to find you a flight. And I didn't argue because I thought that would just make things worse. And then they couldn't find the flight. So I wait. So I shouldn't say wasted. As it happened, I didn't leave for two hours past when I wanted to. But, you know, everything happens the way. I couldn't make it in one day. I tried, but I couldn't do it. I I, I got as far as, as, I think I got as far as, I don't know if it was, it must have been Harris, Harris, I was to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, not Harrisonburg, Harrisburg. Um, and it started snowing and there was a traffic jam up ahead and, and, um, it was already dark. And so I had to stop and and I, and I knew I had to stop. And and the, here's the crazy part is that I was on the phone with Emily, you know, I was just freaking out. And, and so, and Emily, God bless her. I'll, I'll tell this part in a minute, but I, I want to hold that. Anyway, I was on the phone with her and I was freaking out. And then I, I, I got on the phone with, with an a, a woman in AA and, 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 and that woman said, Carol, you need to get off the road right now. And I was able to hear it. Um, yeah. So an exit came up and it said Fairfield Inn, which I like the Fairfield Inn. Here's a sponsorship. I always stay at the Fairfield Inn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Guys <laughs> <laughs> are comfortable. They're, they're always they're always the same. This one Fairfield Inn in Martinsburg. I always try to stay at that one, although this wasn't that one. And what's really crazy is this exit had never had a Fairfield Inn before. I know all the ex. I know all the Fairfield Inns up and down at eighty. That's hilarious. Yeah, but this one it said fair. And this is crazy. But I'm getting off this exit. Whatever hotels are like, you know, I can't drive anymore. And this the the traffic jam was. You know, you know how on Google it tells you where it is. And, and so I had to get off if I didn't want to be in it. Um, and right at the exit is this brand new, big, tall, giant Fairfield Inn. Nothing else around it. It's dark. Oh. It's snowing. There's like no cars in the parking lot. There's like one car out in front of it. Like nobody there. And it's a Fairfield Inn. <laughs> Whoa. And I, yeah and i so i you know i'm like okay so i go in you know i pull in i go in, i say how long has this has this been here she go we've been here about four months whoa that's crazy is that crazy that's, that is crazy yeah so it was there for you that's really yeah. cool 
That's yeah. really, really cool. Yeah, so it was pretty obvious. That was, yeah. So, yeah. And as I was there, by the time I finished parking the truck, the parking lot got so icy that you were falling. I didn't fall, but, you know, so it was pretty obvious I was yeah. where I needed to be. Um, I got up the next morning, drove again, and I, and I, um, I didn't have any windshield washer solvent. Oh, no. So I, I stopped at a, at a Walgreens for windshield washer solvent. And then I got lost in downtown Poughkeepsie. So there's the hospital was in Poughkeepsie. And, and so, cause it was um, Vassar hospital, but I guess Vassar college is also there. So my, my GPS was taking me to Vassar <clears throat> instead of the, the hospital. Know. Yeah. And, yeah. And, so Barbara got me and, and they got me in and, and, and she's like, just, you know, I'm going to meet you down there. And so I, I met her on the, on the road outside the parking lot. And she said, I'm just going to get in the truck. So here's the park. She just got me into the parking garage. She's like, she was just like really focused and she got me parked. And then she told me mom had passed an hour before. Yeah. So, yeah. but she was still in the room. She's yeah. like, we, we kept her there so you could see her. and uh, I cannot describe the feeling of walking into that hospital knowing that I was going to see my mother who was gone in a hospital bed but she isn't but she's gone yeah it was it was like I was walking and I was watching myself walking yeah I believe it we go in and my, my brother and my two sisters are there and my sister's husband. And, you know, there's all this COVID protocol. We had to stop at the hospital and I had to, you know, they had to give you the N95 mask. I didn't have an N95 mask. Barbara had one for me. And uh, you had to sign in and they'd take your temperature and you had to say who you're going to visiting. And Barbara, and Barbara, luckily, she was by my side. She was helping me get in there fast, you know, and, and, uh, they, they had some regulations, but they, I guess, you know, my, my brother-in-law is a pediatric cardiologist and he's a doctor. So he, he told them that I think that, I think they let us have an extra person because he was a doctor. So they had, we had five, we were supposed to have four in the room. We had five in the room. Anyway, thank God he was there. He's just, he's a rock. I just love him. Oh yeah. But, uh, but um, she's in the bed and, and I, and I just looked at her and it looked like she, like, look, she, she's alive. I felt like she, but, but her mouth was open. So I knew that she, cause she wasn't, you know, right. But it wasn't horrible. Right. And, and I, I kind of, this is gonna sound weird, but I kind of wanted to close her mouth, but then I also didn't because I didn't know something would happen. Like, yeah. 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 Now I hear you. You're like, I don't want to mess with this. <laughs> like, sacred ground at this point. Or, or just like, what if, I don't know. I, yeah. But I touched her hand and it was warm. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I just hugged her and I kissed her cheek. I just held her. I just, and then I lost it. I just started bawling and holding her. And it was like, she was alive, but she wasn't. And I could feel my father there. It was like, my father was there at the foot of the bed and I could feel him there. Um, and, and I felt like he had been saying, come on already, you know, I'm, I'm here, you know, yeah. I'm not going to you, it's time to go, you know, Carol's going to get it. It was like, she was still there. And, and Swedenborg talks about this. He says that he's, he says that when the body is no, no longer useful for the spirit, 
-hmm. that the spirit no longer needs the body, but the spirit is still there. In yeah. And that's really how I feel, felt about this. And I think a lot she was of people, with you uh, even before that. Oh, yeah. Oh, like she I, definitely. I think she produced that fair feeling. <laughs> I really oh, do. Barbara said, Barbara's because really got me on the phone with her. Um, when I, when I was, I was driving. So, okay. I'm saying on the podcast, I broke the law. I talked while I was driving in Connecticut. Like, come arrest me. Um, anyway. So there, um, and, and they said, say hi to mom. And she said that mom opened her eyes. Like she, she they said she focused when she heard my voice, you know, and I was saying, Hey mom, you know, I know you're going to just can't stand the thought that I'm driving like this and talking the phone and coming to see you. You wouldn't think much of this, would you, you know, cause she wouldn't have, you know, and, uh, <laughs> I, but I, I felt her grow cold mm. man and that was it wasn't scary or it, it was it was like I felt probably relieved. necessary I felt relieved yeah. um, and then I and then I'm sitting there and, and she's gone like she was really gone like I knew she was completely gone like she wasn't there and and so I looked at my sister and said, okay, well, now what? And they're all looking at her. Like, oh, fucking no. <laughs> You're waiting for you. <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys can so enjoy. That's, that's so great. <laughs> oh, man. But my strength is organizing. Yeah. And, and uh, I will, I will own this, that I did the organization of figuring out what's this truck, when the logistics, who's coming, how we're doing, getting the yeah. move. I, I, I was very instrumental in making, being able to make that happen. And um, mom always used to brag to her friends about how organ, you know, I'd come and organize her. Like I, her, she was proud of her storage space. They had this storage space underneath. It was like, you know, those cages, like a cages. Mm -hmm. She'd say, my storage space is nice and neat. Not like these <laughs> other storage spaces. <laughs> so when I'm gone, it's going to be, oh my God. It's going to be super easy. <laughs> That's and, awesome. uh, oh, and when we, when we, you know, they have shopping carts at this place. You, you, what you do, because there's all these elevators. Yeah. So you go to, to go to the storage space, you have to go to elevator five mm -hmm. and then you have to go to U, which is underground garage one. And me. yeah. And, and then they have like this, all these shopping carts at the bottom, big giant shopping carts. Like who knows where they got them? Probably, probably people took them from Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Just left them there. We're like, we need these things here. <laughs> it's really crazy. That's what people have made. They just, yeah. <laughs> And so when we moved her in, we were using all these shopping carts to bring stuff up and down in the storage. And, and so it was like the opposite to that. And I lost it in that storage space. I just completely lost it. And, and so in fact, so this was in the storage space. It's really, really heavy. I think I can pick it up though. This thing. This big giant. Oh, dude. That's gorgeous. Oh, 
It's like, That's see, you know how big I am, so it's bigger than this. It's like you're struggling. <laughs> big giant stump. Wow. Oh, it's gorgeous. It was in there because it just didn't fit anywhere else, you know, things like that. Uh, just. That's yeah. beautiful. Oh my God. <laughs> well, yeah, there's so much in there. I remember, so I've, I've listened to a few podcasts and one of them that I listened to, it was, it's intense people. I don't recommend you listen to this unless you're really um, in for a ride, but it's a, it's a true crime podcast called Root of Evil. And it's about these, um, these sisters who, after their mom dies, they start going through her storage space and she actually had recorded herself um like for years had had a moving diary and it was an unfurling of actually who was the real murderer of the black dahlia and it's an amazing podcast you should you know maybe in a few months i'm I'm it's intense because i probably actually would really enjoy but not right now (laughs) i will say that if if you think your family is at all fucked up i don't you got nothing on this <laughs> family. Like this family is like, whoa. <laughs> like, I got the family I got. Yeah, I have a really good I, I must have had a terrible family for all my other incarnations because I have an amazing family now. You know, yeah. I, I my sisters and I are so close. We are just, we are here. I'm gonna show you my sisters. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. I these family pictures. I never had family pictures before. Um, well, I mean, you know, the significance climbs when, you know, you're, I just, so this, this is me and my sisters. Oh, they're beautiful. Look yeah. at you guys. <laughs> the one cute. in the middle doesn't look related. Well, uh, really? I think she does. Well, it's probably the glasses. Yeah, you're both. Uh, how does she, how does she not have glasses? It's wearing contacts. Barb and yeah. I, um, us. like after you get to be a certain age, it's really hard to wear contacts anymore. You oh, I've dry. never worn them in my life. Yeah, well, I, I can't I was, stick my finger in my eye. I feel like I'm much more beautiful without my glasses. Do you think I am? I think you're beautiful either way. I like glasses as a feature of a person. I don't know why, but I, I find them. I don't know. I, I just, I, I think I'm, it. I'm better with it now. And actually I have to get new glasses. I'm having my first eye appointment in 10 years on Valentine's day of all days. Wow. So maybe before that I'll get with you, Amy, and we can talk about what would be best for the shape of my face. Cause these literally, the reason I have these is because they were the only frames that would take the thick lenses I had. Now they make, they do better job with lenses than the, these are 15 years old. So I might have more choices now than I did. I got you. Well, the one thing that Rico made an edit of, of his, um, well, he, he actually got a bottom frame, but his other ones don't have a bottom lining. They're just open. And Mm -hmm. that's what my father said. Yeah. If you like, if you like the look of your face a little more, you probably just, I like this, the set of the way the ears are like longer right now. Like, I think they're nice. I think they, they showcase your face, but maybe you don't want like that under rim. I don't know. I think they make my eyes look tiny, but it might be because they're so thick. I mean, yeah, but. (laughs) Burn ants with those. (laughs) You definitely can. I will say the only thing that I have 
to relate to your story at all. Well, there's a couple of things. My grandmother, um, my grandmother passed and I was there every single day in hospice up until the point that she passed and we were very close. And I, I feel like the last thing that she said was my name when she heard, when she heard me, she was like, aim, Amy. And yep. it was oh, in her, yeah, it was in her normal like tenor. And then after that, she just kind of lost consciousness, but I wanted to be there when she passed. And there was like a whole series of car trouble that was going on between my boyfriend and I, and his was all, this is not Rico. This is another boyfriend. Oh, this I was all like, you said boyfriend. So I knew it wasn't yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. It was all superficial. Yeah. <laughs> it was all superficial shit. He had just gotten a new car and he was like grappling with the dealership. And like, of course I had to hear about this crap while I'm losing my grandmother. And I exactly. was like, yeah. I was like, dude, I, I have no compassion. And because of his fussing about it when he was, we didn't have a vehicle at a time because my car had to go in the shop at the same time. So I guess well, I could have put you first. Right. So I had to like, I had to like either take an Uber there, but like everybody was like, we're here, you know, you know, don't worry. And, and I kept showing up every day and, you know, there was nothing happening. So the one day that I didn't come was the day that she passed. And um, I do think she held on for her son. Her son finally got there and um, held on for the whole, her, all of her kids to be there. And I do think that my aunt Carol was in the room cause they had a, she had passed before my grandmother. Um, they did have like a ghost incident there. That was kind of interesting. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Wait, um, where? At, at the hospice like they had asked the nurses they were like i mean you guys have so many people pass here uh are there are there specters they're like oh yeah there's a lot of ghost activity in in here um they're like they're they're really kind like there's been no nothing that's aggressive or anything but there's been a lot of happenings so while they were there the light to if i remember it correctly the light to the bathroom, which was an automatic light. Like it would turn on when you go in, but yeah. nobody was in there. The light turned on when they were talking about my aunt Carol and Your then they went, Carol? yeah, who passed before my grandmother. <clears throat> so my grandmother's bathroom light just went on. And then when they went to go open the door, it wouldn't open. It locked, it was locked. And That's then yeah. And then all of a sudden the light went back off and then they were able to open the door back up. It was really weird. So, so yeah, that happened. And then the only other thing is that when my therapist therapist passed, um, I had arranged to come see her and I communed with her daughter because, you know, of course her daughter's going through all of this and she actually, thanked me she was like Amy you know thank you so much for how you approached this she just like you didn't bombard me you left a message you said if it's okay to see your mother like I know that this is your time with her right now like if she if she's even able to I was like I'm sure she's getting weak because I know that you know towards the end of the life like all it's it's just breathing is is hard you know like just being there they're just trying to stay as present as possible, just, just being is hard. And she had lung, lung cancer. So, um, it was very excruciating for her. Everything wore her down. So she was like, you know, I really appreciate you, um, not 
you know, bombarding me at this last moment, you know, you left a message and she does want to see you. I did ask her and she does want to see you very much. And I said, well, you know, whether I'm able to or not, but she was like, Mm -hmm. you know, all these other people have just been lambasting me because she was a therapist. She, her whole life was connecting with people and making a difference in their lives. So there was just this outpouring of grief and it was really, it was like a tidal wave hitting her daughter. And it's, it's funny because her daughter like never breaks down. Like, she's like, I am like a rock dude, but every single time I'm on the phone with you, or I'm around you, Amy, I'm just a mess. Like, I just, you level me. felt safe doing that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was like, girl, you're, and that's what I told her. I said, I'm a safe space. Like you can, you can always break down with me. Like, I get it. Like, I know your mom. And, um, it, because of that, um, incident, like she passed before I was able to see her. And I remember when I found out when she passed, there was a, like at the timestamp that I'm thinking about it, there was a dragonfly. I still want to get this tattoo for her. There was a dragonfly fly hovering around my car, like wow. for multiple, like we were, I was stuck in traffic and there was this dragonfly that was just hanging around. And I thought of her and I was listening to a song that was really kind of confronting me about my relationship at the time. Like I was with another boyfriend that wasn't the right one for me. And I was just kind of in my own head and I saw this dragonfly and I thought of her. And so when I heard that that's the time that she passed, I was like, you came to visit me, man. Like you were totally helping me through that moment. And that's what gave me like a lot of um, resolve. And and it was kind of fine that I didn't get to see her, um, because I feel like she did, she's now with me, like constantly, like I feel her constantly. So like it, it was, it, and I had had like two years, um, ago prior to that, she had broken her hip and I was able to, she was not practicing really cause she couldn't. And she was having a call to help because she only had her daughter really that could help her. And her daughter was super overwhelmed going through career changes and all this stuff. And um, she needed help because she was just one person in this multi-level home <laughs> that like, wasn't for somebody who broke it. It would help you break a hip, but yeah, and yeah. it did. But, but um, she, I was able to help her. I was able to come and be an, you know, an agent. I helped her weed her garden. Uh, I spent a whole days with her. Um, we, I heard about her history, her traumas. I was able to, you know, I, I was able to lay in bed with her and her daughter. She was like, come here, my beauties, like lay with me. Like it was really cool. So we had, we had our moment and, um, that's what I kind of rested on too. It was like, I had my moment to have that. So it was really cool. And, and like the, the creation through adversity, um, after that, I was really overwhelmed by just this idea of a mother, like, cause she was my spiritual mother in a lot of ways. And she brought me back. I'm sorry if I'm going to cry. She brought me back to my mom, which has always been a good mom, but my mom didn't have the tools to really reach me. And so she she brought someone in who could and I just started thinking about what an amazing thing that is to be a mom to realize that you don't have what it takes to reach your child and ask for help 
and how powerful that is. That's huge. That's loving, huge. <laughs> that's caring about your child mm-hmm. more than yourself. You know, we we learn a little bit about that in AA too. That you you it's really huge. can't connect with the other person until you you really can see where they are. Yeah. It yeah. About you. And you I know, just yeah. It was horrible. It was horrible and awesome all at the same time because I was just flooded with regret for how I treated my mom, (laughs) how I treat her because we still have a very difficult conversation, you know, relationship, but the gratitude that came from that. And I had this whole motherhood art event where I did, um, Klimt inspired because Klimt always like had these relationships. Mm -hmm. Sure. I I love that. And so that this one in the background, if you can see it, I don't know if you can. Yeah, I can. Um, That's Alex and her daughter. So that was a picture that I took and I, I did that and it's still for, it's still for Sasha if she wants it, but I don't know if she wants it, if it's too, um, you know, close to me and what I needed to bring out of me. Um, But I told her, I was like, yeah. It may be your identifying with, Mm -hmm. with daughter there. Even though it's them, it's really about you and your mother. Yeah. Well, I did one of me and my mom, which I gave to her. And I don't know if my mom, you know, she came to the event. It was really, really cool. Got to be. Okay. Um, my mom, like, he's like, I got to go. I'm sorry. This is <laughs> he's like, I got to go to the bathroom. It always sucks when you have to go to the bathroom, like right when it's getting like really emotional uh, bodies. But, but that's yeah, what this is about, this is, you know, mothers yeah. and daughters, this, that again, I mean, I guess as mothers, yeah. we create children, you know, it's, and so you are creation of your mother and then you're you're you can give back you can give that back to your mother yeah by by creating working at the creation of that relationship with her that's a creative activity too and that's kind of that that whole thing about people passing whether we're there or not I've kind of come to over this month and and again like I'm I'm Everything was a blur. Like I don't even the whole time, the whole month that I was up there in, in New York, there was this ball I couldn't let go. I cried a couple times. I cried on my brother-in-law's shoulder. I just, you know, there were a few bursts, but I wasn't able to let go and, and just let it all out. You know, on the way up, I had to I had to be driving. Yeah. I, you're you're just focused on like getting yeah I had to I had to be safe and I actually had a conversation with someone someone a, a, a close friend of mine she said something really terrible to me while I was driving you know it was like she, she was angry with me about something this this woman was angry with me and, and yeah she and, and my mother I, I called her and tell her my mother was driving she was like well you're gonna die alone because you don't care about anybody like oh my god Wow, <laughs> she said that to me. So, like that, that, that was that was all wrapped up in, 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 in and I had to, to realize this is where she is, and that's what I get for calling her. But you know, <laughs> right. but you know that that it, it doesn't make her a bad person that she said yeah. that. It's like we who we are. It goes, and the reason I tell that story, it's about are making our you're making your relationship you think you treat your mother badly it's it's really we think about our own we have to learn how to think about ourselves second and so 
somehow God was able to give me what I needed so that we could get through this quickly and smoothly and make this, we had a 30 day window um, to, or, or, I mean, you could spend as, the way the place says you can take as long as you want, but we're charging you the next month's rent if you don't, have, you know. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, no. So they're happy to have you take all the time in the world. <laughs> Places are not cheap either. My grandmother lived yeah. in an assisted living place and it's like $4,000 a month. It's like crazy. Yeah, it was, it, yeah. It, it, it was a little more than that, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, not that it's about the money, but. No, but it's four thousand dollars plus. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, you have to be you have to be practical, and you have to be able to not feel like I'm not being spiritual because I'm being practical, kind of thing, and not harm anybody. You have it in the back of your mind. I'll say it all. Anyway, we got through it, and the same thing. I I drive home then, and I actually lost a suitcase at the hotel with all my favorite stuff in it. And, and my, and a couple of some, some things from my mother, I, I think I left it on the back steps at the hotel, like oh, I, it completely gone. I just, and, and they, and they actually, they were so kind. They, they found me on the footage that the girl, she's like, I remember you. Cause you know, I stopped there. She, your daughter's the one getting married. Right. You know, they, she said, you know, the, so that bag was at the hotel with me, but it's gone. You know, and, and I don't know why, you know, material things, right? And what drives me crazy is I can't remember exactly what was in it, but every time I can't find something, I remember maybe I put that in there, like my slippers are gone, my favorite jeans are gone, my favorite blue sweater is gone. I don't even know what else was in there, but whatever. Oh, all of my ex, all of my reading glasses, which I need yeah. no ones anyway, but they're gone. I don't yeah. have reading glasses anymore. So I'm like, <laughs> Well, anyway. people who talk about the material as if it doesn't mean anything probably haven't lost anything. That's, that's my observation of it anyway, because I, I have, I, I mean, same as you, I've, I've had all like my, my jewelry box. I had a jewelry box with a boyfriend and I left it behind by accident. And it was all this jewelry that I collected, you know, people who had made me pieces, pieces from my grandparents, pieces from my aunts, you know, like just these things that you collect over a lifetime and he, he wouldn't return it and neither would his sister. And I lost every piece of jewelry wow. that I had, except for what I was wearing. Thank God at that point, I was wearing a lot of rings and stuff like that on me, but like I lost so everything. That's when, that's when like the dragonfly, like the butterfly, you realize those are things just like the reading glasses. I, they weren't working anymore. I really needed to be rid of them. I might never have replaced them. You know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Whoever got that, maybe they needed it. You know, I can mm -hmm. rationalize any way I want, just like rationalizing. I wasn't there when they pass, but I love the metaphor that the body's no longer useful and the spirit is here. Yeah. And, and so when, when I got home, I was like, just dead inside. I was just like, yeah. I cried in Danny's arms for a couple of days. And then I heard Danny talking to, to people. He goes, I don't know she's wearing a different sweater every hour. She's wearing all her money. Cause I, even oh, though oh. like I, I lost, I lost the, the, the really nice LL Bean Navy blue rag one that was in that suitcase. I still have some really nice. I, she had so many sweaters. She was like a sweater. LL Bean. <laughs> yeah. I inherited like, four or five really nice sweaters from her that I really like. It's, we were the same size. So none of my sisters could wear. So I'm wearing these sweaters. It made me feel close to her. And, and um, so Danny's like, she's wearing her mother's sweaters around. And I have to be, I heard her say, I heard him saying, he's like, I have to be nice to her. Like, <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's just so. She's just kind of going around like a zombie wearing all these sweaters. <laughs> That's funny. <Okay. laughs> oh, my God. Bless his heart. Awesome. <laughs> you know, and he what it is is he's reaching out to his network. Yeah, right? and he's yeah. He, and and my mom was a mom to him. His mother, I'm I'm not gonna tell his story. Sometime I hope he gets on this podcast and tells because he has so. all the story. But um briefly I'll just say his mother was not nice to him. Um and you can read as much into that as you want to. Um, I can tell you things off the air. But my mother, he, he forged a relation after my father died. He spent two weeks polishing sculptures with her, teaching her how to polish the sculptures because, you know, they crack if you don't oil them. Anyway, so, you know, and he spent, we cleaned out his studio. We stayed with them. You know, we stayed with her, Dan and I, because we were able to do that because of nomadic. Right. Um, <laughs> so um, we we stayed with her and, and just, you know, helped her get dispose of my father's things and things that we we had time for that yeah there wasn't that you know she was in her home at that time so there wasn't like this 30-day thing and you know she lived there for he died in 2013 so six years like it wasn't it's, it's so funny because it seemed like a long time she was alone in Sudbury but actually it probably wasn't because he died in 2013 and she moved out of there 2019 so it was only six years which really isn't a long time at all yeah it's not no you know she 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 came with him got to be with him soon not late and it's so you know and i've been coming to that too and i i'm actually i i looked at my piece today i can't wait to to do the last stitches on it um I found a bunch of my old artwork. I've gotten inspired. I'm working on my creativity workshop again. I, um, it's funny that I, this piece, the title of this piece is Inner Workings. It's a jacquard piece. And it's actually, it's, it's created from. It's beautiful. It looks like, um, it looks like the like terracotta kind of like ground when you're flying overhead. It's created from this. Wow. So this is um, a clamp resist piece. I, 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 I made a drawing, this drawing, and the drawing was, was the inner working, like a, like a mind map, sort of, you know, oh, cool. into your soul type of thing, like the brain and just connecting type of thing. And well, then- that's what I, I see. Yeah, I made a I, scan. I see a landscape, like a, an aerial view. That's so cool. Damn. Inner landscape. <clears throat> yeah, but I love that. <laughs> And, and so this is a weaving from that. It's a digital weaving. Oh, wow. I made that at the, that got made at the mill. That's so, incredible. Yeah. You put it in Photoshop and there's, there's like a CAD program that you do. Wow. And, yeah. So that's what that is. And so I was really just trying to find something. I have so much, I have like 30 jacquard pieces in the attic. And I was trying to find like a, a, a piece that just would fit on this door. <laughs> perfect <laughs> well i know and it's perfect for where i am right now because sort of this route out of grief and so i i guess my message that i want to put out there you know that you can edit this any way you want where you put it but that 
this experience that I had, even though it's only been a month, like, you know, she, she, so actually today's the 20, maybe it was exactly a month ago. Today's a, it was the day after Christmas. What's today? Like the 20, yeah, it was a month ago that she's gone. She's been gone a month. Wow. Um, so it's not that long, but I, right before she died, she told someone, you know, I've lived a really good life. And she was telling how proud she, she, she had, you know, all of her children. She had grandchildren, great grandchildren. She had gotten to spend time with all of my children and my grandchildren and my great granddaughter this summer. So she had a great, great granddaughter when she died. Um, and she's always so family oriented and, and she was, and so this, this, when we were in, in Newbury court, this, this woman came and she actually used to be the, she was the former chaplain, but she still lived there. And she said, she wanted to tell us the story about mom, how mom came and told, told her this about how, how, what a good life she'd lived and how happy she'd been, how happy she'd been in community. And then she said, this is what we all want for ourselves. Because we told her the story, of course, how mom died and how fast it went, how happy she was on her last day, surrounded by family, in a beautiful place. She was out in nature. She got to take a walk outdoors. All the things she loved on her last day that she lived. And she died in her daughter's arms, died in Barbara's arms. And, it, you know, and all of our arms, because yeah. even you know, we were all there with her. I was even with her after her breath had left her body, but her spirit was still there. I believe yeah. this. And so this, this woman was saying, you know, thank you for sharing the story because that's what we all want. Wow, what a gift. Thank you so much, Carol. And before I say goodbye this, uh, this week and with this entry, I wanted to share something that happened to me today, actually, because today is Sunday for me. Uh, I know I started out by welcoming Monday, but I'm actually doing the editing on Sunday. So today at church, I, uh, I've been grappling with some uh, anger all week this week. And uh, I, it really broke today. It was interesting. I woke up, but a hymn that I uh, really, really... Oh, you know, like felt uh, this this Sunday was the hymn. I love to tell the story, and it just moved me to tears. It's a really good. I'm not gonna belabor it. I'll let you guys look it up if you really want to. I thought it was also cool, like because I'm I'm hokey. It took me it took me a long time to get to church and any kind of Christian faith and Christ. Um, but before that. I, uh, you know, I've tried on a lot of things and uh, one of the things that I, I, I still to this day find really interesting is uh, synchronized numbers. So in my hymn book, hymnal, it was uh, page 444, which I thought was pretty cool. And, uh, and it was called, I Love to Tell the Story. And I, I think it kind of called to me for a lot of different reasons. Uh, it's a great, great song, but I think it also, you know, now in, in re-listening to this podcast that I recorded a full year ago with Carol and 
remembering, you know, everything that we talked about and being called back. I've cried listening to this episode and I just think it's such a gift. And, um, you know, as we prepare for the spring and all of the, the, the birthing of life around us, I hope that we can recognize the importance of our mothers. Uh, I mean, all of our creators, but you know, a Mother's Day is coming up in May, and uh, I just hope that you guys will use this this episode to kind of prime yourself to think about your mothers, whether they're they're still with us in this life or they've they've moved on. Just you know, remember them fondly. Hopefully, this will this will make your heart happy and uh, allow you to refre- reflect and have gratitude. Uh, but essentially I'm grateful. I'm so grateful, uh, for my life, my mother, for Carol. She's been such a, a, a big spiritual influence in my life already. Um, we've missed each other this week. I haven't spoken to her, uh, for a minute and I'm really missing her. So it was such a blessing to just get to hear her and uh, experience this yet again. So I know it'll have that kind of impact for you. And now I can say have a great week. Happy Monday as that's when you're going to be hearing this. And uh, I, I, I hope blessings rain down on all of you. Thank you so much for joining us. And please come back next week so you can hear the rest of Carol's awesome, awesome diary entry. Bye, listeners. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our our listeners. listeners.